0: You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net.
1: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex
0: happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen.
2: To all of the Sexy Marriage Nation that regularly takes time out of their day and week to spend it with us that live in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope it's been, well, it's Wednesday, so hope it's going to be a good holiday time for you with your family.
2: Yeah, I hope that the time you get to spend with family is filled with gratefulness and love. And celebration, and just a time to just enjoy and be with each other. I love Thanksgiving. Mm, I love the
0: mashed potatoes and gravy. It
2: has a little less of the pressures of other holidays. You know, Christmas has a frenetic pace to it. Yeah. Thanksgiving, I think, with the just the nature of it is you eat a lot and you sleep.
0: Watch some football, sleep some more. That's a good thing. You don't have to worry about whether someone likes your gift or something like that. It's Exactly. Just, let's just enjoy some a meal together.
2: Well, speaking of Thanksgiving and gratefulness, I am thankful for the Sexy Marriage Nation and how they continue to speak up. 214-702-9565 is how you can let us know what you think and what questions you may have for the show. You can also email us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And if you like what you hear, please jump on iTunes, subscribe, um, rate and review the show. And if you want more, sign up for the extended version or the Academy. There's two different levels that you can join us. Yeah, we'd love for you to get the extra
0: content on the extended version.
2: Well, this is a newest review that's on iTunes. I just started listening to the show as a newlywed when they piloted this podcast. Nice. I've listened through Gina, Shannon, and now Pam as co-host. It's truly a great conversation starter in my marriage. I love the framework of of, I Heard X on Sexy Marriage Radio. Here are my thoughts about it. Instead of coming out of left field on intimate topics in conversation with my spouse.
0: That's a good point. Good conversation (laughs) starter if you're scared to bring up a topic with your spouse.
2: Exactly. Because what we want to do is help frame the conversation Mm -hmm. And that's where we will go with most every show. And if you like the conversations that are framed um, and you want to go even deeper with the conversations, I'm saying this holiday season, reward yourself and join us by registering for the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway that comes up in June of 2019. You can register now and give that as a gift to your special someone this holiday season.
0: I like the gift.
2: So registration's open now. SexyMarriage.net is how you will find that. Yeah. So coming up on today's regular version, which is the free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, your questions, our answers. And on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper and about twice as long, who doesn't want to go deeper and twice as long in this topic? Yes. You can subscribe at SexyMarriage.net. You can listen to Pam and I have an in-depth conversation about the power dynamic that plays out and gridlock issues in marriage. Should be quite the conversation. Don't miss it. It's going to be good stuff. So all that is coming up on today's show.
3: Yes, I sent in an email today about um, pornography and my husband. My situation is I've been married 26 years, and for years my husband has watched porn. I have caught him or have asked him about it. He tells me um, no, as well as I probably about five years ago, I... Uh, found out that he was um, talking to a porn site where he could tell the women to touch themselves, and two women, so he was able to tell them sexual things that he liked for them to do. Um, he did not tell me. I found out. Um, I do believe that he's not doing that anymore because I do see the credit card bill, but I don't really, can't say for sure at the end of the day. Um, Last year, I found him, um, I walked in and caught him masturbating to porn. basically his phone in one hand and um, his you-know-what in the other, and again, it's like um same situation that I'm overreacting, every married man does it, um, makes me feel like um, I'm being more of a prude, and I've offered to, hey, invite me, show me what this is about, let me see you know, what the, the attraction is there to that, and nothing. I've asked him to open up to me about it, nothing. Um, so I just would like, um, some advice, or maybe just a good topic to talk about, especially after, you know, we've been married 26 years, I feel pretty low, and um, almost like a piece of furniture. You could discard at any moment, I don't know. So that's my question. So um, thank you so much, and I have enjoyed the podcast, it's kind of giving me the courage to take that step to um, get counseling, as I know I need some for myself in general, and then of course, you know, as well. But thank you so much, and um, talk to you guys, or hear you guys later on the podcast. Thank
0: you.
2: Well, first off, I can hear the pain.
0: Yeah, I can
2: too. In her voice. hmm And thank you for the call. Um, this is a tougher subject. It's one that we've talked about a bunch in the in the past in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio. Yep. and it's one that uh, does feel um, isolating, like a betrayal. Um, a lot of under- misunderstanding of why, because <laughs> I I can I can only take the side, hypothetically speaking, of of the one who. Of her, with the i'm here how how are you not interested in me All right that that that's just that's that's a that's a depth of a hurt that message is being sent
0: well i the the depth of the hurt you get the her comment if I feel like a piece of furniture that could be thrown at at any time right it's um yeah you you certainly feel like someone that's just there to be used for whatever is needed. Um, I'm glad she referred to going to counseling because at, at this point, that's she's got to focus on her and her own mental state, right? Um, and not leave it all in his court. She can't be at his mercy on whether or not he changes because um, she's got to figure out. What she wants, uh, what she's willing to put up with. Right. Uh, Because there's only, this just, gosh, continues to go on. She had quite a few instances there. But the
2: problem persists. And I'm going to refute that every merry man does this. No, they don't. Yeah. So uh, it's recognizing the power you do have in this dynamic is if he's trying to play this off and get you to buy into the idea that this is just what men do. There's no big deal. I even give her credit for she's being called a prude and she's okay, show me what this is about. Yeah. Invite me in on this. You want to I like that kind of idea of, hey, you're calling me a prude. I'll I'll refute that right now. I'm at least going to take away one of your excuses.
0: Yeah, I guess the point there is taking away his excuses. Yep. I mean, this may be against her moral character, but Absolutely. you know what? I'm going to try and meet you where you are for a sec here.
2: At least to, to try to understand to try and,
0: it. To try and understand you. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean you're diving into the details, but yeah, bringing that up with him is is valid. And if he's rejecting that, okay. Right. That's pretty clear. There's a right. A, so then, a, then it's then you have to part.
2: recognize the legs you have to stand on, which that is. You know what? This is not something I want in my relationship. You don't owe me to no longer have it in your life. But if you want that in your life and to be in mine, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then you can either take a power move of a different bedroom, a different place in the house out of the house, I mean, there's there's steps you can do, because a lot of this stuff, and actually this whole show is going to be some of the same interweaving of, of the conversation, because we're talking about some of these major gridlock things that happen in marriage, that when you put the dilemma of, wow, I don't know if I want to stay in this or not, but you're ultimately not going to leave, you really take away your only card,
0: you do. And yeah. so I'm
2: not saying go divorce, head to the, head to the lawyer's nope. office and file right away. I am saying go stay with a friend for a weekend and make that friend the same gender.
0: <laughs> right. I have
2: that caveat. Yeah. But you know, I, that's, that's a move to show how important this is to you. It's, I mean, I've had this, this happen in our life mm-hmm. when pornography reared its head yeah, um, it's happened in several people's lives that I've had conversations with, or that we've walked alongside of. Yeah, where the ramifications of the discovery of it meant, um, like in our case, Pam changed in the closet for several days. Yeah, because it was one of those. You know what? You no longer have access to see me, and that way, I me mean, wasn't the goal of. She's like, I'm going to punish him for this. It was more of a, I'm recovering myself from the hurt and the pain well
0: and i didn't want to be ogled i didn't want to be looked at in that mindset to be thought of as a thing
2: exactly and so some of that is a natural well okay this this dynamic just shifted between us yeah and a lot of the times why this stuff persists when it, when you're dealing with e- these kinds of chronic issues in marriage particularly ones like pornography or betrayals of any kind lying of any sort that's of substantial things. Um,
0: no, of any sort. It's well, not of substantial thank things. It's thank you for the lying, clarification. Lying of any sort.
2: <laughs> well, I was I, in my mind. I went into the lies of omission versus lies of commission, and we don't even need to go down that path. So, no. thank you for clarifying that, Pam. But this is the idea of I have to start to recognize if I don't fundamentally change me and how I'm approaching this, I will not change my system. Yeah. Because the system will go back to what it knows and what makes it the easiest. And a lot of times the way this happens is discovery of something is found. There's an upheaval of everything. There's crying. There's remorse. There's repentance. There's, or at least on the surface, a normalcy is reestablished. And then several years, months later, it resurfaces again in secret.
0: And you got to start dealing with it again, but hopefully you're a little bit farther down the road and knowing how to deal with it.
2: Right. But the patterns repeat themselves unless they do. you change yourself on how you approach it. Because too often, what we do is we put all the onus then, like in this case, in this caller's case, she puts all the onus on he needs to change his viewpoint, he needs to stop his actions. Well, ultimately, that's true. She can't control that. No. She can control how involved she wants to be with him while that's still going on, though. True. And that's the way, that's the power you've got.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That when you fundamentally change and challenge a stance, it's not a huge, drawn out thing. It's a real calm, collected, solid move of, you know what? I'll give you a choice. This is almost what I'm thinking of. If she's if she's feeling like a piece of furniture that can be discarded at any moment. Okay. So to go with that analogy, make make sure in your own mind, you see yourself as a valuable piece of furniture in a house. Okay. Okay. So you are a, a pivotal piece of the furniture in that house. He could choose something different though, ultimately. Good. But you see it as... You know what? I know my importance. I know my value. I know my worth. I know what I offer and am willing to do to help create in your relationship with with this man. If you choose otherwise, you almost put it in his court. You know what? If porn is that important to you, have all you want. I won't be around.
0: Okay. Step one before that then is I'm a... go into the other bedroom.
2: Right. Right? Well, but, but then I won't be around doesn't necessarily mean I'm divorcing. It just means right now I'm out. I'm in the other bedroom. I'm different part of the house. I'm with some uh, at a hotel or a friend's house or something. But if I don't make a serious enough move, how do they know how to treat me?
0: Right. I think that's a good point. It's got to be a serious enough move. If there's not been any wavering, not been anything like that in the past, you got to, What is it that's going to be a breaking point for them?
2: Right. Right. What is it that makes them actually see I'm taking a stand and I'm not taking a stand that's all about changing you. I'm taking a stand for myself. Yeah. And what matters to me, what's in line with my integrity, my character, that it's like, okay, you know what? I, I relinquish my control over you. I will just control me. So if you want to be a part of me, you, the ball's in your court. Yeah. That's really the only power we've got. Yeah. Which leads us to the next subject we need to cover. Okay. Because it's in the same spirit of this. Um, I was going through the archives of the email inbox at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And within the last six months, we've got well into double digits of emails of people that are involved in a sexless marriage. Okay. Okay. So it's it's lots of pain, lots of frustration, lots of hurt. That um, one of them jumps out that like they've been married eleven years. Uh, during the seventh year, she had an affair. Won't discuss it. She has no desire for him. Um, and it's. Is told totally, he acts like everything's fine, and so he he feels wait, like he can't even like bring every, it up.
0: Wait, acts like everything's fine, except she doesn't have any desire for him. Right. Okay. So
2: she he wants to conf, he wants to talk to about their sexless marriage, and she refuses to talk about it. I mean that's that's one. Um, the others, as we've talked about in the past, the unilateral marriage that mm-hmm. when one person decides, nope, I'm not interested. Yeah. And now the other person is captive. Yeah of that, that there's an element of, I've, I feel completely powerless. Um, so I'm like one, he phrases that I'm faced with the situation of perhaps being intimate once a month, always a quickie in terms of my experience, but that seems a whole lot to go through just to get that one, you know? <laughs> so right. it's just a tremendous amount of of pain and anguish that comes along with this because ultimately speaking, I think what each man because all of these are from men, all of them from the husbands. Okay. And what I think what they're saying is, I want to be wanted. I want to be desired. And then we had this voicemail come in.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, just wanted to start with my situation is maybe a little more unique, but uh, <clears throat> my wife uh, really, truly has hyposexual desire disorder. I mean, she has... No desire for sex whatsoever. Um, I will ask her how I can pursue her physically. She says I can't. I ask her if there you know what I would what she would like me to do that, to make her feel better sexually. She says there's nothing. Um, if she re- I mean she typically does not uh, respond by reciprocating the question. When she does. I can say something pretty, uh, pretty low key as far as just, you know, a nice, even more platonic touching and she doesn't want to do that. Uh, any kind of playful flirting she takes as pressure. Um, and I just feel completely stuck. Uh, she has committed to obligating uh, herself to having sex with me up to twice a week sometimes as it moves as every 10 days or so but every time it is a very bland completely a this is for you sex there's nothing in it for me foreplay is very platonic it's almost like a series of goodnight kisses until she asks are you ready uh then we get things going uh and she you know, waits until things are done. Says, are you, are you finished? And then we go on our merry ways. So there's just no passion. There's no connection. There's no anything there. Uh, we've, I've tried reading, reading Christian books by respected Christian evangelical, uh, people. Uh, and she doesn't want to read those. Um, <clears throat> and, and, uh, doesn't want to do counseling. Uh, there's always, you know, there's always a reason to not go to a conference or a counseling or do anything, whether it's money or whether it's starting a new business or, or whatever. There's just always an excuse why we can't do things right now. And, and, you know, I I don't want a divorce. I want to be married to her, but I want her to be at least perceive sex as a healthy, not a perverted component of marriage, as a healthy part of a relationship. So I guess I'm wondering how you know how to have a discussion or how to promote a healthy perspective on sexuality in, in our relationship and my wife is a fantastic lady who has you know, she is incredibly good at a lot of things um it's not like she's moping around all day and and, and stuff like this is a very distinctly different area of her life she's great everywhere else but when it comes to sex There is a distinct barrier up, and I hope to hear from you soon.
0: Corey always says, and so I'm going to pose this question to you, Corey. Go. Um, And this is based off the comment at the end he makes about his wife, Um, how great she is, and sex is just this anomaly. And you always say how you do sex is how you do life, and how you do life is how you do sex. Right. So... How can these, the comment that he made about every other aspect of life, great sex is just this anomaly.
2: Okay. How can that really be? Well, because the, the way I hear it is they are not living a sexual relationship. They're living a friendship. Okay. So in some regards, they're fun to be around with each other. They like each other. They do life well together. They just suck at being lovers with each other. Okay. And I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question, Pam. The, the, going further with it, I think, what are the other areas of life that um, one of you temper the other in? She may be wanting something He is playing the reluctant role. He is playing the, now there's never enough time role. There's never enough money role. Because often those kinds of topics can be interchanged. Okay. Right? So um, the things that jump out to me, uh, I I hear this from a lot of husbands. I ask my wife for what she wants.
0: That would stick out to me too because I've been asked that question before. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate that question right? because lots of times I don't know what it exactly. is I want. Exactly, because
2: what I wrote down is that's like asking someone who's lost for directions.
0: Yeah, and when I if I don't know what I want, then I feel like more of a failure because yep. I don't know what I want. Right. So that might be a bad question, fellas, for you to ask your wife.
2: It, well, on this particular topic, it can be. As she develops and grows further, and if you want to know how— Listen to the extended version of today's episode because yeah. we're going to do a deep dive on this. Then you can ask that because there's the the framework of the of the the premise of the conversation changes. It's no longer what do you want, as in, man, you're tough to please. What can't, move should can't, I make? We on can't you? crack this code. And instead, it's okay. What are you in the mood for? What do you want? And it's more like a buffet, in a sense mm-hmm. that you got a whole lot of options and. All of them are equally good, and it's not coming from a deficit model. Yeah. It's coming from a, well, my flavor for tonight is Chinese. Let's go. Yeah. Right? So it changes the connotation as you both stand on your own two feet in your levels of solidness. But in this regard, when you're talking about she's got hyposexual desire disorder, then she, he's saying she has no desire for sex whatsoever.
0: So back up for my sixth grade mind...
2: <laughs> Okay.
0: Anytime you use words like hypo and hyper, I'm like, wait, back up. What does that mean? So, hyposexual desire disorder, that, that's really a diagnosed thing? Kind it of is. Fill, fill me in a little bit.
2: So, it is a diagnosable condition. Um, I am not one that likes to live in the world of diagnosis. Okay. Because to me, diagnosis is often much too limiting, and it helps people feel better about themselves. Okay. And it takes the, it takes some of the onus off of the work they may need to be doing.
0: Oh, okay. Not saying
2: it doesn't exist cuz I I live believe me, I live in the mental health world, diagnoses exist. Yeah. That's just not one of my first moves. Okay. Because I want people to recognize, okay, so you do have hyposexual desire disorder. You're in a relationship. She's having sex with her husband, although it's obligatory. She's having it. Yeah. So there's a difference, and we've talked about this before, there's a huge difference between desire disorders and responsiveness. A woman could be have having no desire through her days and weeks of having sex, but she could respond and be interested in participating in it.
0: Sure. So the hyposexual desire disorder, is this supposed to be a hormonal thing? So it's physical it's or most is that often, mental?
2: It's most often based off of a hormonal imbalance. Okay. And so the, the common... Treatments for it are couples and individual therapy, treatment of any kind of underlying underlying medical condition, because you can have some other things going on internally that are limiting the, bio, the biology involved with desire. Okay. And so you get that condition checked out. Um, hormone therapy is usually the first go-to, is everybody gets a baseline of their hormones and make sure that they're all where they should be, because yeah, a lot of times... Sense. A lot of times you're talking about a woman's level of testosterone is just non-existent. And testosterone is in a woman's body. And the more she has, the more aroused she usually is just by genetic or biology. Biology, yeah. And then the other is if you're on any other medications, uh, psychoactive medications or anything like that, a common side effect is a lowering of a libido, a lowering of desire. Gotcha. And so you check you just do a, a normal baseline check is the and then you get in some therapy to help deal with this. Okay. But but what I'm hearing is there's two things that jump out. One is she's cutting him off at the past with everything he's attempting. Right? That's that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. There's no time, there's no money. There's no energy for work or sex, or, I mean, or or help. Or right. So he's doing all this work about it. So one is, how do you start to confront her pushbacks better? Not, not trying to change her mind, just answer her pushbacks better. Like he mentioned a couple in the voicemail. Foreplay consists of a bunch of goodnight kisses until then she finally says, are you ready? Well... If presented that, look her square in the eye and with this tenderness as much as you can have, say, no, let's keep going. I'm not ready yet.
0: That'll cause some tension.
2: It absolutely will. Because the one thing he also mentioned is he tries to set the, you know, do advances or little things to set the stage and she feels like she has too much pressure. Well, you know what? You're in a marriage. Sex is a part of marriage for the most part. There's going to be pressure no way around it. Just make sure the pressure is good and genuine and true. Don't fluff it up. Deal with the existing pressure. Yeah. So that's one side is how do you stand to her a little better, not trying to change her mind or convince her otherwise, just confront her pushbacks better. The second thing is, and this is what I picked up just from his general demeanor and tone that comes across. Is he's trying, what I'm hearing him say, tell me if I'm, as a woman's brain, you're, you're hearing this different. Okay. I'm hearing he wants a vibrant, energetic, spontaneous, lively sex life. Yep. I don't hear this guy as a spontaneous, energetic, lively guy.
0: Yeah, I didn't. And Pick I realize the either.
2: subject matter changes how we talk about it. Because if you're calling in pain and frustration, it's not going to exude liveliness. Let me tell you all about my wife and how right. we're not having sex. Yeah, I'm,
0: when you're calling and you're frustrated, it's going to... I'm not going it, to be bubbly. Yeah, it's not going to exude that. Um, but may want to do a double check on if that's the same way he's talking when he's asking her. Are, and when she says, are you ready? You know, is that how his tone has been as the conversation or the evening has been going on along as well? Because that's not creating a desirable person to want to have sex with either. Right. Uh, So, certainly do what you can to create that inviting.
2: Right. Because some of this comes along with how are you presenting yourself? Are you presenting something worth wanting to be with? Wanting to have sex with. Because I have come across, this just came up in one of my mastermind groups, and I love the phrase because this is three years removed. And a guy said, I I worked with them as a couple, and he made a comment. He said, hey, Corey, I am a different man now three years later. Thank you for telling me to get my penis back from my wife and to screw it on tightly. (laughs) Because I constantly am coming across men that do not have their penis on securely. They've basically just given it up and every so often tentatively ask their wife for permission to have it back so they can have sex. Ouch. And the difference is, screw that bad boy on and live with it. And that's not just a sexual statement. That's an essence of who we are as men. Of being a good lead, being a good captain, setting a good tone, being, I mean, he's talking about, I want to have, I want to live with a vibrant sexual being. Yeah. So live as a vibrant sexual being, work out, be energetic, do the things you enjoy and invite her along to those things and know that that doesn't diminish the pressure of sex.
0: No, it doesn't
2: but it makes it more pure. It makes it more real. And then the other last you're thing i got for him... You're more in line with
0: what you're wanting out yep. of your sexual life.
2: Exactly. The other thing I got for him is, if she obligates herself to sex a couple of times a week or once every 10 days, but it's very bland, that's not just her fault if you accept it. True that. So you've got to recognize, if I want something more, I've got to be willing to not accept what I'm being offered.
0: Well, and that's that's a big way right there to to lead going back and screwing on your penis and taking it right. I mean, right. You're, you're hey, I I want this with you, but I I want you to be in this. Right. I can't force you to want right. sex. I right. can't force that. But he didn't have to um, bow down and just take crumbs. Right.
2: Right. And that's 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 a more pure move to confront what's being offered, because that's just the human nature of us, isn't it? That if I can get, a, get away with as little as possible for something I'm really not interested in, I'm going to keep giving as little as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's just who we are as people. Yeah. So, I mean, if I could take a class and get an A just by showing up, but not doing any work, I'm just going to show up. If I can get an A,
0: Yeah. Well, and I think of this in comparison to other things in life where think of someone who's in financial problems, right? And you need to give some things up in order to really come out better on the other side. right? And so for a long period of time, you're going to be eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly so that you can take care of that financial business and come out better on the other end. Right? On this one, it's, you know what, I'm not going to take this mediocre, right. obligatory sex.
2: I no longer want to masturbate without my hands.
0: Right. I I, I don't want this in the hopes that, it, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not having as much sex as I'd like to have now, but the goal is I'm setting us up for a better life, a better sexual life down the road because we're really figuring out what it is we want. I'm I'm setting out there. Here's what you. I'm not okay. willing to settle for something. I else. get
2: you. And that, that's a better statement than the we speak just from what I'm hearing you say, because she may not be on board with this. She, she may, may not, not want to. And it could be the hyposexual desire disorder is that, you know what? That is too big of a mountain for me to climb. I'm not interested. Well, at least then it's honest and it's true what's going on between you rather than this tyranny of the lowest common denominator. I'll take up whatever I can get that's crumbs. Sure. Sure. So it's recognizing he's in this dilemma of, I can make the move of confronting the crumbs or continue to accept the crumbs. That's your dilemma. Yeah. Well, let's just end it with that. All right. I'm curious, those of you that were in the extended world with us, uh, where are you? What what What's left undone for you?
0: Yeah, give us some questions. Give us some calls.
2: Those of you that weren't in the extended and even the deeper subjects we covered in the calls whatever we left undone, let us know. Uh, we want to we wanna go further so we can help clarify anything that's going on uncertainly. Yeah. 214-702-9565 is how you can do that. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us. And once again, to all of the members of the Sexy Marriage Nation in the States, and otherwise, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, may you have a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving holiday with your family. See you next time.